0: welcome back to the wrong opinion useless nba trivia and garbage rankings this is your first time make sure to check out the season one trailer we've come down to it the best team in nba history best franchise the los angeles lakers 76 seasons 17 titles 63 playoff appearances now the reason i put them above the celtics They really have three different dynasties. The Celtics have one dynasty and a couple titles elsewhere, but they were the first dynasty in the NBA. They began in 1948, won the title in their first season. They won five of the first six titles in their franchise's history. Now that was behind the might of George Mikan. They went through a long stretch of losing a lot of finals with Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. In 72, Baylor retired before the end of the season, and they won the title. 69 wins and the longest winning streak in NBA history. So Baylor didn't get his ring, Wilt Chamberlain was on the team for that year though, so that was cool. They were coached by Bill Sharman, former Celtics Hall of Famer. By 1976 they got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a couple good playoff appearances, but they didn't win a title again until Magic Johnson, only rookie to win Finals MVP. Of course they won 5 titles with Magic and Kareem, a lot of other number 1 picks in there too. I've said this before, but in the 80s, the Lakers and Celtics were just playing chess while everybody else was playing, I don't know, hopscotch. The 90s were a little bit slow for the Lakers by their measure but they only missed one playoffs. In 96, their fortunes turned around again. They signed Shaquille O'Neal, traded for the draft rights of Kobe Bryant. It took them a couple years but they won three straight titles, the last threepeat in NBA history. That 2001 team only won 56 games. Uh, they kind of they kind of took it slow in the regular season. But that playoff team might be one of the five best teams of all time of course kobe and shaq clashed shaq left before 2005 kobe only won 34 games next couple years won scoring titles but decent seasons at best and then everything turned around when they got Pau gasol mid 2008 they lost that finals but then but then they won the next year 65 wins unbelievable team 2013 they get a super team an old steve nash (laughs) and a lazy dwight howard didn't work out the way they wanted only one only 145 games still not bad but then kobe got hurt at the end of the season missed the playoffs and i was devastated for the next six years in their franchise's history up until through 2013 they had missed the playoffs five times only once back to back so not making the playoffs from every year from 2014 all the way through 2019 it just unheard of in their franchise's history of course lebron came into town in 2018 they traded for ad the next year midway through the season kobe died And they won the title it just beautiful cinematic now they're in a weird spot Uh, they might be a great team last year they looked really really good conference finalist Uh, but LeBron's getting old 80 keeps breaking down but Austin Reeve might be the best player of all time who knows Uh, but let's get to the rankings first team point guard some of these are gonna be unbelievably obvious this is magic Johnson now magic's got a lot of different eras just in himself he was an athletic coach killer early in his career and they became the greatest point guard in NBA history, the best passer, led the league in assists 4 times, was over 12 a game 4 straight years, and then 11.9 the next year, and then back up to 13 a game. Uh, one of the greatest leaders in NBA history, by the end of his career just refused to scream at his players, at his teammates. And that's the difference between him and, Magic and Michael Jordan, different leadership styles. And that's something that Kobe touched upon when his leadership was in question a decade or so ago. Magic proved that it could be a good score, 24 a game in '87. In his last three seasons before he retired abruptly, 23, 22, 19. A couple of the highest scoring seasons he had in his career, when he needed to take over the duties for Kareem. Which is why it's even more devastating that he retired at 30, t- 32. He was still in the prime of his career, only a couple of years removed, only one year removed from an MVP. Just made the finals in '91. So just goes to remind you, be safe out there. Most assists per game in NBA history. Uh, Obviously all-time leader in Lakers assists. Also second in steals. Fourth in rebounds. Early, early triple-double guy. Probably the second great triple-double man in NBA history. Although he and Bird were kinda neck and neck. And fifth in points. Four guys have scored 23,000 points or more. Magic's at 17,707. Also, unsurprisingly, first and triple doubles by a lot, 138, LeBron is number two with 34. First team shooting guard, Kobe Bryant. I hate the arguments that he's a top five player all time because it just kind of dilutes the truth about him. And I love Kobe, he's one of my favorite players. But when you oversell somebody, it just makes it a little less reasonable, you know? My favorite Kobe stat though, in 1998, He was the 6th man behind Eddie Jones. They both made the All-Star game. Kobe started over him in the All-Star game. That's really funny to me. The fact that he only led the league twice in scoring is kind of interesting, because early in his career, obviously, he was still putting up 30 a game a couple years, but Shaq was nearby. What, are you going to put up 35 a game? And then later in his career, after 2007, he became more of the team-focused Kobe. That's when they won, but it cost him a couple scoring titles. He's their all-time leader, only guy over 30,000, 33-6-43 maybe the best defensive shooting guard of all time obviously he'd probably go jordan with that a really good passer when he was willing to do so and the chase on blocks are uncanny the interesting thing about him too is that he doesn't really have any one great series series where you'd be like oh yeah that's the kobe series you know like you have lebron in 2018 or you got steph in 2022 those finals tim duncan in a 2006 western finals loss kobe just had a high high bar and he pretty much always met it there's a lot of things about his game that aren't consistent he missed a lot of shots most egregiously under fifth under 45 for his career but just on a series to series game to game basis you could always count on him and that's that's kind of the glory first team small forward another really obvious one we will get more interesting in a second i promise elgin baylor 14 rebounds a game for his career Really struggled with injuries by the time he turned 34. I mean, he came to the league at 24 years old. So you're going to age quickly. But 27.4 points per game for his entire career. That's the third most in NBA history. That's pretty cool. Definitely the best player to never win a championship. And he kind of deserved it. He deserved to win a title. When you're playing against a team like the Celtics, you're in an eight team league. The Celtics are dominant. It's just, you know, you're forgiven, Elgin. You're forgiven. And then they won the title when he retired. So, you know never won an mvp i wish he would have won in 62. i think that was a bill russell mvp he averaged 38.3 points per game only played 48 games but that's because he was doing military duty <laughs> it's like he was moonlight moonlighting as an nba player and still dropping 38 every single game incredible first team power forward this might be the first guy you guys haven't heard about Vern mickelson this is the only weak point in the only weak position in franchise history there are two guys you could probably put above him but they just didn't have as long of careers. One guy might eventually pass him, but Vern was there for 10 years in the 50s, and that coincided with four titles. For his career of 15 and four, they were lower scoring games back then, so you kind of understand it. Six-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, kind of late after retirement, but one of the early greats for the Lakers. Four-time All-NBA player. This is back in uh, in their Minneapolis days when it actually made sense that they were called the Lakers. And fun fact, He has the record, to this day, in only 10 seasons, 631 games played, the record for most games fouled out, 127, unbelievable, but four-time title winner, we love you Vern, seventh all-time in rebounds for the Lakers. First team center, ooh, this one is tough. The Lakers are known for the centers, they have four, basically four Hall of Fame centers that peaked with the Lakers in some way or another. I'm going with Kareem. So he played 20 years 14 years with the Lakers it's more than any of the other guys even one that played his entire career with the Lakers 14 years with the Lakers over a thousand games that's like Dwayne Wade's whole career in that time 22 points nine boards a game late in his career he just stopped rebounding he had led the league early in his career his first year with the Lakers 17 a game by 82 down to eight over around six seven later because he just didn't have to they were running gun team and that was the beauty of that team, is that most of them were runners and gunners. Meanwhile, he was the best half-court player in NBA history, the most unstoppable shot. People also forget that he was an insane shot blocker for a game a couple times in his career, 2.5 for his Lakers career. Uh, in fact, he is by a wide margin the franchise's league leader, the franchise's leader in blocks, about 2,700. He's also second in boards, one of two guys over 10,000, behind Elgin Baylor, and third in points, 24,000. So just his Lakers career, even if you if you forget the first six years in Milwaukee, he's one of the best centers of all time. He's probably still in the top three. Just the longevity at that age. People talk about LeBron now, which, yeah, it's unbelievably impressive. But when Kareem was LeBron's age, he was winning Finals MVP. Finals MVP 14 years apart. So that's our first team, Magic, Kobe, Elgin Baylor, Vern Mickelson, and Kareem. Second team point guard, people call him a shooting guard. He's not. Jerry West. He played almost all of his career at point guard first career 27 a game just behind elgin lebron kd and now Joel Embiid cracked into the ranks 27 a game for his career seven assists led the league with 9.7 in that magical 72 season when they won 69 games 22 game winning streak people also forget that he's probably the best defensive point guard of his era up until clyde frazier probably in nba history unbelievably efficient now the fact that he lost eight finals makes people think that he wasn't this clutch player but he he's mr clutch it's his nickname he always came through it's just he was going against goliath and spoiler david doesn't win he made all defense five times in a row to end his career he would have made it more but they didn't start giving out all defensive teams until 69 and he won it five straight times as an old man first team all nba pretty much all of the 60s and early 70s 14 time all-star in franchise history second in points twenty five third in assists 6200 he made me hate winning time because he's one of my favorite players in history and that show made him look like a weenie. Still a great show though. Second team shooting guard, Jerry's running mate for a little bit, Gail Goodrich. Also the reason that they got Magic Johnson. The Lakers traded Gale in 76. For some reason the Jazz wanted an aging defensive liability to put beside Pete Maravich, an aging defensive liability uh, and that pick ended up being Magic Johnson the pick that they traded for in 79. So I'm saying they're playing chess, everybody else, Tetris. Uh, in 72 season to keep talking about, he was the team's leading scorer, leading scorer in a team that won 69 games. Obviously, Jerry was better, a uh, different point of his career. Gale played the first three years of his career with the Lakers and then spent some time in Phoenix, became a star 24 a game after being kind of a sixth man in with the Lakers uh, came back in 71, became a 25 point a game scorer. Incredible passer as well. He was incredibly undersized, six foot one, 170. But an early wizard with the ball. An early, you know, Steve Nash. Nickname was The Stump, not sure why. But grew up in LA, went to school at UCLA, won a title in LA, that's pretty cool. Second team small forward. I'm going with James Worthy. You could probably go with another guy here, but I think it's quite clearly James. I don't even like James that much, 12 years in the league. I think he's the biggest beneficiary of Magic Johnson's career. Uh, he was also a number one pick in 82. <laughs> Jamal Wilkes, former rookie of the year, number one pick Magic Johnson, number one pick and six-time M- MVP Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and they got number one pick James Worthy. I think he is the prototypical small forward. If I'm building a small forward in the lab, it's James Worthy. That doesn't mean he's the best, but like he's just not missing anything. Really good defensive player, uh, solid, decent passer, could get some rebounds. Good scorer, 20 a game. Efficient, unbelievably efficient, 52% for his career as a small forward. And just the clutch. Triple double, game seven. Game seven, 1988 finals. James Worthy got his first career triple double to get the win. Unbelievable. Uh, but if you look at his stats, when he had Magic, he was 21 at 49%. When Magic left, he dropped all the way down to 45%. The next year, 15 a game. Uh, but even so, third all time in steals, ninth in assists sixth and point 16 second team power forward Pau gasol the reason that kobe bryant has two titles now that's aggressive but he was the perfect fit for kobe a guy you could hang emotionally be yelled at and he played hard tried hard really good passer for a big man very good defensive player just the perfect wingman he needed to put up 18 10 and three and that's what he did for four years straight on two title teams in fact in 2010 he probably could have won mvp in the finals he had the most win shares, and Kobe had some eh, iffy games, and Pau was fantastic throughout. In those playoffs, he was 20 and 11 in the finals. Uh, he started slumping in 2012, 2013, they tried to trade him for Chris Paul. Uh, he was just aging, but then by 2015 with the Bulls, he was a superstar again. Just bizarre, super weird. Uh, doesn't rank high in anything franchise related, ninth in blocks, I guess, uh, but only played seven seasons with the Lakers. Even so, I think people are gonna argue he should he should be first team and I think that's fair he could totally be the first team power forward on this on this franchise a lot of all NBA teams all NBA every year from 09 to 2011 I think they got their money's worth they thought that he was this losing player I don't know if they thought but teams thought he was this losing player from Memphis swept out of the playoffs three times uh, and he became the ultimate winner in the city of champions Second team center, Shaquille O'Neal. People might argue he should be first team. I think just the longevity alone, it's no. But from 2000 to 2002, he was, that's the most dominant stretch of any center in the last 40 years. I think that's fair. I paused a little bit because I thought about it, but I think it is. Led the league in points, 30 a game, 14 boards. Great passer. People forget that he was a great passer. People think of him as this big lumbering athletic machine, but he was so skilled. Incredible passer, incredible footwork. Great touch around the rim, 58% for his career. Led the league basically every season from 98, his second season with the Lakers, uh, until 2006. Did not in 2003, so there you go. When he left, in in 2004, he was already kind of falling apart. 21 a game, only played 67 games. Uh, But when they left, when he left, they became one of the worst teams in the league after narrowly missing out on a title that they were heavily favored in. He's 7th all-time in points, 14,000. 2nd in blocks, 1,200. And 6th in rebounds. People people don't think of centers as clutch. I think that's something that people uh, kind of neglect to think about. Because they just kind of do their job, right? Like to grab their boards, get easy buckets. But his finals numbers are astounding. Let's pull them up. In 2000, 38 points, 17 rebounds a game. 2001, 33, 16. 2002, 36, and 12. Enough said. Second team was Jerry West, Gil Goodrich, James Worthy, Pau Gasol, Shaquille O'Neal. Third team, point guard. The guy that Magic market corrected, Norm Nixon. Really good player. He came in in 77, two years before Magic. Then when Magic was there until 83, he played point guard while Magic was shuffled over to shooting guard. Six years with the Lakers, he averaged 16 and eight. It was basically those exact numbers for that entire stretch. He was an all-star in 82. He had two titles, obviously with the team, He became a really good player with the Clippers as well, but shortened with injury and his play kind of dwindled in the finals, probably because when you get to the finals, your two best players really shine and everybody else kind of dwindles down. It doesn't mean they're bad or they're choking. Uh, It's just Norm Nixon had a place and it was not his best player on his team. Even so, fourth all time in franchise assists, eighth in steals, but just it's still insane to me that the team drafted magic Johnson played him at point guard while they already had norm Nixon on the team it just goes to show you you don't draft for need you draft for greatness and yet it still worked out two titles perfect beautiful third team shooting guard ah this was tough there are two guys in the 80s I could have gone with I'm going with the one who started Byron Scott three-time champ in 88 On a championship team, he was the leading scorer, 22 points per game on 53% shooting. Solid passer, a little undersized, but when you're playing with Magic Johnson at point guard, yeah, it's kind of okay to be undersized. Led the league in three-point percentage in 85, 43% on 0.7 a game. But for his career, 37% three-point shooter. He was the deadly three-point guy of that team. Back in those days, each team had like one guy that could hit threes really, really well, and, and he was that. Really, even Magic became a good three-point shooter later in his career, definitely not early. Uh, But in 11 years with the Lakers, 15 points a game. That's impressive. He's ninth all time in their points. And he really, really showed out in Western Conference Finals. It's a weird thing to show out in, but in 89, they swept Phoenix. He averaged 25 a game on 58% shooting. A couple years before, in 85 against Denver, Western Finals, again, a year they won the title, 23 a game on 65% shooting. Uh, This is a team full of clutch players in the franchise history, and that's intentional. You get one or two guys that are born leaders, and it makes everybody else better. Uh, Third team, small forward, LeBron James. He's now played five years with the Lakers, which is two more than I would have thought. At 38 years old, year 20, he just put up 29 a game. Unbelievable. It's a different league. Obviously, players last longer. Players rest more to get those points. But even so, what he's doing is just unbelievable i thought he could have won the 2020 mvp over Giannis. 25 a game 10 assists they went from a team that didn't make the playoffs the year before and then they got ad and won the title like in sweeping fashion they didn't technically sweep so that was a terrible choice of words but he's at an interesting point in his career because he'll put up insane numbers and he'll cause his team to win important games but he can't do it night in night out like he used to be able to now even though he's played five years he's played less than 300 games with the lakers so he doesn't rank high in anything, not even assists. I would have thought assists. But he brought a team, he brought a title to LA, tying them with the Celtics. So I guess you're kind of forgiven for all your transgressions, LeBron. I don't hate you anymore. Uh, This last playoff run was hilarious though, especially the Dylan Brooks stuff. Just all time, all time weirdness. 13 power forward, Anthony Davis. I think he will end up their best power forward of all time if he plays three more seasons and they're healthy. Uh, that second part's tough for him, though. He's played four years with the Lakers, less than 200 games. This past year, 26 and 12 and a half. That 12 and a half would have led the league, but didn't play enough games. Uh, in 2020, the first team All-NBA, 26 points, nine rebounds. I thought he should have won finals MVP. He was the leading scorer on the finals team. But just 62 games, that was a short season. 36 games, even in a short season, that's half the year. 40 games, 56 games. So this year was the best year of the last couple, but... Even so, I think if the Lakers are going anywhere, he needs to be the best player on the team and he needs to be dominant. Uh, But this past season, 26 blocks, six games of round one against the Grizzlies. That's like, that's literally what he's doing in Kentucky. Um, Unbelievable. Third team center, two guys you can go with, two names left on my board. I'm going with a guy who spent his entire career with the Lakers and brought them five titles. George Mikan, seven years with the Lakers, including one where he retired in between. His first five years were dominant, 20 and 15, 20 and 14. His first three years in the league, led the league in points with 28, 27, 28. And they didn't keep track of rebounds that year. Like, what are you keeping track of at all? He shot 40% from his career as a low post guy. Once he like broke his, he broke his foot, broke his ankle and just dragged on the court and still scored a bunch of points just a different league, where there was no shot clock. He could just plant himself down there. There's no lane, so he could just hang out under the basket all day. So in that sense, I mean, you, you gotta kind of take with a grain of salt all the stats and all the all the victory, but at the same time, everybody else had the same rules and he still won five titles. So, okay. Uh, the playoff numbers, especially early are insane. I'm going through the series right now, 37 points a game, 31, 27, 35, 32, 30, 32 in the finals that's like Shaq numbers man uh, you're not gonna believe this but in those what I say seven years he played does not rank high in any stat even so he was the NBA's first superstar the first goat in the NBA so we cannot ever forget about the great George Mikan and that's why I'm doing this podcast hardest cuts Michael Cooper awesome 3 and D guy uh, one of my favorite players of those teams um, but he couldn't start ahead of Byron Scott so not gonna start on this list ahead of Scott Uh, Jamal Wilkes underrated player from the early part of the 80s team because he wasn't on the later parts I think people forget about him Uh, But he won a title with the Warriors as a rookie and then won a couple with the Lakers So that's cool. And then Wilt 100% the hardest cut you could have put him up You could have put him above George Mikan. he won the finals MVP in that 72 team Um, This was a different part of his career. He realized that if he was gonna win if he was gonna win a title, he was gonna be a rebounding defensive player. Shot 73% in his final season at 36 years old on only 13 points a game, but that's what they needed. Uh, But in 69, in the finals, they were playing against his buddy turned enemy, turned buddy, Bill Russell. He got a little bit hurt, sat out the last game, they lost. Bill Russell never forgave him for taking away that competitive spirit. Uh, So I think that's what puts George Mechkin above him. He came through in the clutch, and that's the most important thing that players can do is deliver when it matters. If you hate my wrong opinion, tweet me at Wrong Opinion NBA. We're going to unleash a season two trailer coming soon. It's going to be called The Best Who Never. If you can figure out what that means, go ahead and tweet me. Till then, peace out.